Hello and welcome to the Gallant View podcast. My name is David Tomlinson and with me tonight I have two very good guests. First one, I'll give, uh, will I give age before beauty or will I go for the younger one? No, I'll give, I'll give, uh, I'll give beauty before age. Shona, how are you? Well, thank you very much, David. No, yes, I'm very well, thank you. Managed to get rid of this shitty cold that I've had for the last four weeks. So, yeah, just uh, obviously looking forward to watch, going back to Ibrox tomorrow. It's been a while, hasn't it? So, yeah, looking forward to that. So, and I'm sure we've got plenty to talk about. And, uh, yeah, see if we've got any information on any transfers that are incoming. But it's looking very bleak at the moment, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we've got a lot to discuss tonight. Yeah, well, we certainly have. We've got a game of football that we played. And, uh, well, did we play? <laughs> a game of football we sort of turned up at. Um, and the second guest tonight is young Andrew. Andrew, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, I was going to say, go go for ladies first, you know. That'd be, that'd be the better option. Um, yeah, getting there, just starting the work week. Um, looking forward to Ibrox tomorrow. Um, we're in for some more press access there, so we'll get some good content um, for everyone uh, on the channel tomorrow. Um, I'm going by myself. Uh, usually Colin will be coming with me, but due to um, Colin being away for a while, it's just me. And uh, for lack of a better word, I am bricking it. Uh, <laughs> going in by myself into into Ibrox and onto the press balcony. And, but we'll get there. I'm sure we'll be fine. Um, I'm trying not to think about it too much because the more overthink it, the more it's going to go wrong. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Just think it's a privilege, Andrew, to, to go into Ibrox. box. So, uh, and you don't have to, as I say, I've said before in other podcasts. In the olden days, you used to you had to climb a ladder. It was where the the club deck is now. You had to climb a ladder right up to it. it was tucked under the roof. I've done it once, and uh, that was enough for me, I'm afraid. So anyway, we'll carry on with uh, this. There's sort of a well, I don't know whether it was the big news. I think it was the sort of a biggest news was that Rangers have made an agreement with Sky and the agreement is that they've to play two more games. They're giving Sky the, the the right to send out two more games and Rangers will get two more pay-per-view games. Shona, what did you think of that for uh, for for news? I, I know you. I've seen you putting on our uh, WhatsApp uh, group. Um Great, we're sticking a couple of fingers up at Mr. Doncaster. Well, I think everybody knows how I feel about the SFA and uh, all their dealings and the uh, referees, VR, you've got sponsorship deals, you've got the grassroots of football. Um, look, I just don't think Neil Doncaster's fit for purpose. Like, that's just my opinion. But I think uh, James Bryce-Grove has done an absolute blinder on him here. Um, I think it's really good. We're obviously looking for more ways more innovative ways of trying to get money into the football club. And uh, obviously we saw the, the profits that have came from Edmondston House only been up for just over 12 months. So, um, or not even 12 months yet, is it? So, um, you know, I think, um, really, I think this has been an absolute blinder from uh, James Bisgrove and uh, to right, do you know what I mean? Sticking two fingers up at them after everything that's gone on. So, no, I'm happy about this. We're looking at other avenues to try and get, obviously, more money into the football club. And if that means we get a better relationship with Sky, I'm all for it, guys, because we're obviously jumping ahead of everybody else, I'm sure. 
there'll be another club that wants to jump on the same bandwagon as us. But as long as we get in there first, and I think um, Neil Doncaster has got a lot to think about now. I think that Sky TV deal, like I said before, I think we've had Aberdeen, we've had Hearts, we've had ourselves and Celtic all in Europe this year. Neil Doncaster should be going back to Sky and asking for a better offer or some sort of kind of deal or extra money for the amount of clubs that we're now getting into Europe and on the big stage, especially with Rangers getting to the likes of Seville. So, no, I'm all for this. Um, I think um, it's really, really good from Kane's Fisgrove. I think after what happened with the referees um, situation a couple of weeks ago, it's all kind of died down because it's the winter break. But I'm sure that will be in the back of uh, all the Rangers fans and all the, the guys at the board. It will be in the back of their heads and they'll, they'll just be ready to pounce on the next mistake that they make. And, uh, yes, I'm all for this, guys. I think this is um, brilliant what James Fisgrove is doing. And, then, and do you know what? I think sometimes as well that we've obviously been a wee bit critical about some of the things that the board have done in the past. I definitely think this guy is going to take us in the right direction. You can see that with obviously the, the likes of the Edmondson House, like I said before, and then obviously the sponsorship deals. Now this, uh, the club is definitely going in the right direction. And it only helps us try and get obviously the extra money for the transfer fees as well. Yeah. Well, he's certainly taken his, uh, some of the things he's done. He made a couple of mistakes, of course, like the, the, the Celtic in uh, Australia and uh, the, the Liverpool poster, which... Uh, I think uh, we can now forget about these. Put we can park them in the bottom of our memories and uh, move on because uh, he's obviously doing now doing far more better things. Andrew, a lot of people were surprised that that wee is in the, that that isn't tied up with a knot. Uh, were you surprised at that? Um, it just requires it to be good at the job, doesn't it? Um, I don't know. Uh, see. To- to be perfectly honest, I mean, it seems like it, it's kind of was put in the hands of the clubs. So, do you think it's just a case of we went out and shopped a deal and, and Sky are interested in that? So, um, I think we're, we're well within our right to, to go for it. I think if it was a case of Sky, uh, the SPFL will have a certain amount of games of show and if the clubs have, will have these kind of uh, cub, uh, these dead coverage kind of uh, matches and if they're not interested in picking them up um, by themselves um, and getting some of the revenue, then uh, I think it was kind of left in the club's hands to do so themselves, whether it be for Rangers TV um, or if, if it was for Celtic, their, their own Celtic streaming platforms and around the league. Um, so I think it was a case of instead of going to Rangers TV, we've just went to Sky and just went for the kind of whole package. Um, so I, I guess it's, their, it's on their it's their choice and if they went for that then by all means that's not too bad I think it's it's good to kind of have a better partnership with Sky because at the end of the day that's it'd be nice to get some more money from a TV deal um, or at least have the door open for more opportunities like this in the future um, so I, I'm happy with that I think it's a good uh, good bit of business so I, I asked Davey uh, this afternoon on the, on the Daily News the way the, the, the Dutch and some of the European ones are set up, all the games are on, on on television. Every single game in the competition, the likes of I'll take the Eredivisie as a as a uh, the, 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 the one to, to like with. Uh, with. Um, all the games are on, but that means that there's no three o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday, but obviously because you're not allowed to send out on a three o'clock on a Saturday. So, it means that you've got games at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you've got games at 5 o'clock at night, and you've got games at 7 o'clock at night. 
would Rangers supporters be willing to forego their, 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 their three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday afternoon to get this sort of a television deal, Shona? No, I think uh, the SFA are very much red faced at the moment. And I think, um, look, the three o'clock kickoffs, guys, I think it's going to end up start streaming anyway. I think part of the new £7 billion deal with laptops about full. Uh, no, I think the new uh, £7 billion deal with the Premier League as well. I think um, they're going to start showing three o'clock kickoffs. So, look, it's only going to be a matter of time before this happens. I think they get enough fans in at three o'clock. I don't want to be seen. I, I like a Saturday. I really enjoy actually going to a game on a Saturday at three o'clock kickoff. There's just something about it. Um, I would be so keen on having, don't get me wrong, I think um, there's other avenues that we, maybe we should open up towards if we're going to get likes of Sky that are going to be showing it. But I think in the future, guys, that um, you'll probably see three o'clock kickoffs. But the problem was is that we're run by the SFA and uh, Neil Doncaster gets these crap, shitty, what I would call shitty TV deals. And I can't see Scotland or anyone in, the, in our league getting these um, three o'clock kickoffs streamed live on on any sort of kind of streaming service in, in the in the near future. Whereas I think the Premier League are very much more or less ten years ahead of us at the moment, and uh, they are very much looking at different ideas. I think they've obviously got Amazon Prime. You've got other places that are doing it, Netflix as well. So no, I think um, the the problem was is I think we just need to continue, and hopefully James Briscoe can maybe look at these avenues. But I would I would be so keen. Unless it's going to get us obviously more money through, like the, as I said, the TV deal. But I quite like a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, and I don't think it'll be too long before you see three o'clock games going live on TV. I think that's the the next step for uh, obviously the TV rights because I think there's just so much that's involved now with them um, money wise um, within the, the game now that I think that's that's going to happen. But unfortunately for us guys, you probably won't see that for about another ten years. Because of this Sky deal that we have, that we can't stream on any other websites, so um, we're stuck with them. To, is it 2020? What is it? 2029? Something around about those those lines. So, look, guys, we're stuck with them for the next five years, unfortunately. So, um, yep, yeah, I think uh, what we need to do is uh, trust in James Bisgrove that he can hopefully maybe try and get more of these pay-per-view um, TV deals with Sky and hopefully build up a relationship. And maybe that will be a case of uh, changing kickoffs, but now. Nah, for me, I don't know what anybody else thinks in the comment. It, I love a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. Yeah, the one thing about pay per view that sort of frightens me is that most people um, probably watch illegally these days. Uh, I think it's a, a thing that the, the SFA or, uh, and the English FA and the Dutch FA and probably everybody are trying to get the police to, to sort out. Is I mean, you hardly hear anybody who can. Getting pay per view these days, it's all uh, where 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 can I watch this game? Where can I watch that game? Um, Andrew, what, what, what's your opinion on the, the three o'clock kickoff? Are you stuck with that, or or would, would you not mind if if you had to go to a game at seven o'clock on a Friday night? I I, I just love football, and I just love going to Ibrox, so I, I'm I'm kind of happy just with anything. Um, Main Slate or Snow or Follow Rangers, wherever they go. Um I was kind of ha- I was happy with the the we've struck this deal. I, I, I was just looking at it, like just before uh, we've our kind of our, our new guys, obviously Bizgrove takes a lot of uh will take a lot of uh, the, the plaudits, but also Karim v- uh, Virani, uh, the, the new uh, chief uh, chief commercial officer, um because mm-hmm. he has some history with think like, E and Sky and you know the their kind of uh, 
especially because he was at West Ham, they'll have some of the like, kind of oversight into how they do the kind of TV dealings down there. So I think if he's brought up a wee bit of know-how as to how to better work it for Rangers, then fair play to him, good stuff. Um, I think he's only been at the club quite recently. I don't think he's really been here that long, like the start of the season. So it's fair play, he's getting in there early doors. Um, so a lot of credit needs to be given around to the those in power. Um, I'm certainly don't have much to complain about at the moment. Um, so, again, I, I don't want to be a, a Rangers fan that will find find something to be annoyed about. I'm having a, having a rather good day, so I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously used to watching the Dutch TV at, at strange times, so uh, there's very, very, very few games on here now. In, the, in fact, there's nothing in the the era division virtually because uh, because it's all on television, which is very very. Hard. I mean, I enjoy it. You can just switch on virtually any time of the weekend. There's a and there's a game on. Anyway, we'll move on to the past weekend. Um, obviously, we were Wamango. Was it was it you called it with Wamanga. training camp? Yeah, Wamanga, Sorry, yeah, and um, we finished with a game against Hertha Berlin. Um, I don't know, but the, these friendlies. I mean, I suppose um, Clement came out before the game and he said, "Yeah, our legs are very, very tired, but that's what it's all about. It's getting to play when your legs are even tired. That way, we'll find out what the players are about." Uh, well, they certainly played like their legs were very, very tired. I must admit. Uh, Shona, what did you think? I, I, I haven't got the team written down. I'll try and do it. McCrory, Tavernier, Suter. Um, help me, boys. Girls. Balogun. 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 They played the weird three midfield of Lundstrom, Raskin and Sterling. Um, Cantwell, Silva and Matondo started. Yeah. Thanks for that, Andrew. Um, I had to get yeah. Matondo correctly. I was seven to be allowed <laughs> yeah. back in time. But... Yeah, Matondo. He was. Uh, well, Matondo actually had the first shot at goal. I think he had two shots at goal in the first fifteen minutes, and then Lundstrom had a shot at goal. What did you think of the first half, uh, Shona? What, what, what was your opinion of it? We sort of seemed to the, the first twenty minutes, half hour, sort of over quite well in it. At one time uh, Hertha couldn't get out their own half but then Hertha gradually creeped back into it. What was your, what was your opinion of it? Oh, it was your typical friendly, wasn't it? And it's 90 minutes that I'm not going to get back in my life. So yeah, no, it was, uh, wasn't exactly the most exciting game. I think uh, Clement kind of summed it up when he said about the tired legs. If it was that case, I probably wouldn't have watched it to be honest. But no, I thought the first half I actually thought we played okay in the first half. I thought we dominated the ball. I thought we created a few chances. I just thought up front again, I thought we weren't clinical enough. I thought Raskin and Lundstrom looked quite sharp in midfield. And then obviously you had um, McCrory and goals. Obviously we'll go into the second half. I don't understand why Butland played. But anyway, um, in a friendly, I think he could have put on if he wanted to, John McLaughlin or Kieran Wright that was there. So preferably make more Kieran Wright for that kind of type of game. But no, I thought overall, I thought it was just a very poor game. I thought the pitch as well was really, really rough. It was kind of cutting up. Quite a lot. I don't think the guys enjoyed that at all. And that was basically from the very first minute. It was really, really cutting up. So, no, I think um, what I took from the basically the whole game in total, we need to certainly work on our set pieces and our corners, guys. 
this is a, a thing that I've been saying for a while now. Um, again, once again, we can see a, a goal from a corner. Once again, we get so many corners in the game. We're really, really, really through with them. So, you know, it's definitely something. I think we had, was it Colshaw? Is it Colshaw that used to play, uh, used to be the tactical coach, the, the guy that was at the set-piece coach that we had under Gerard, And he obviously we were scoring loads of goals from set-pieces. So I definitely think that's a focus that we've obviously got to be working on. Sima, uh, sorry, not Sima, I think Silva. Look, Silva, I think, um, probably suits a, probably a, a bit more a game where it, the balls are over the top. I don't think he's quite suited. I think he wants to play with somebody quite close to him, maybe the one-twos and play off somebody, maybe the balls over the top. I don't think he got the service that he wanted. But I think it's just really hard to take from what you can from that game out of 45 minutes. So, because obviously it was a completely different um, 11 in the second half. But, no, I thought overall, I thought it was your typical kind of friendly match and they obviously Clement missed most of it anyway, sitting out the sidelines. So, uh, like that wasn't ideal for him. I'm sure we'll go into the referee, but no, the first half I thought we dominated it, just didn't really create anything. And I think a lot of it was probably down to like the fact that Clement says that they already had a training session in the morning, and then obviously then had to play the the 45 minutes. So it was a case of trying to test their fitness. Um, but no, I think um, overall, I think it wasn't wasn't a great game to watch, was it? So uh, no, I think you can t- what you can take from it is that the guys, the young team guys that came in in the second half, I'm sure we'll go into that later on as well but I think there's a, a wee bit you can take from the young team um, so we'll probably go into that but no I thought the overall 45 minutes in the first half we dominated but didn't really create much and I think a lot of it was down to the pitch That's possible A lot seems to be as well that take, take, taking a lot of uh, criticism is Todd Cantwell Andrew, I'll, I'll come on to Shona as well I know she wants to talk about Todd because uh that, that's our favourite hobby. Um, we'll get a sort of balanced. We'll get a sort of balanced opinion. At the, first of all, uh, he seems to be getting a lot of criticism, and I think Clement is giving him a lot of criticism as well. He seems to be dropping too deep, and then that leaves a lot of space between the the, the strikers, or he goes beyond the strikers, and that leaves a room in the midfield. He doesn't seem to have found the balance yet to play that number 10. He, we were all saying he should be the number 10. But he doesn't seem to have found the balance yet between what he should actually be doing. Uh, well, I thought he was kind of deployed outright again, which was a bit... It was annoying to see that because there was the whole Lamisol substitution. He doesn't do what I'm telling him to. He doesn't stay wide. He always cuts inside. So I'm taking him off the park. Why did you put him back out wide? I, I I just thought it was a bit silly. Um, I I think he's better in that kind of middle area. Uh, I, I I for me, he just wants to be on the ball. He he look he chases after the ball. I seen some were saying like he's the most dribbled by, uh, player in the SPFL or something like that. But it, he's always charging down the first man on the ball, and that's he gets he get doesn't always get the ball off them. So that's why that stat's so high. But it proves that his work rates there. Um. I'm a big, I'm still a big fan of Todd. I think he's, he's definitely, you know, kicking it back into where he should be. Um, last the last half of last season he was brilliant. Um, I think he kind of uh, struggled to adapt to the new playing style under the the, the manager. I think he, yeah, as you're right, he, he likes to drop deep, but again, he just wants to be on the ball. Uh, there's a lot of rotation in our front three. That's the thing, and it, like even if you want to go back to. We'll take the McCausland goal against Kelly. Look how how deep Dessers drops to get that ball. When he drops wide, he's almost at the sideline to get that ball. There's so much rotation in that front three. So I, I think it's maybe too much 
has been put on him. Um, but that that'll that's not an excuse. If they, if he wants to play in this team, he's gonna have to get used to it. So I think hopefully with this kind of this training camp, we'll maybe start seeing improvement from him uh, in terms of sticking to his his task and not doing too much. Just needs to limit his. Uh, I, just, I think it's his imagination. He he's, he's, he wants to do too much. He wants to get the ball so he can try things. I think if if we can get him to just kind of stay in his lane and and do the kind of basics, then I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, I don't know if I think he's, he's he's maybe taking it personally that he's not had a brilliant start to the, the season and he wants to make up for it so much that he really wants to just do well and he's he's overthinking it. Um, so I mean, I've I've still support him. I know there is a bit of Turning heads is he good enough? Is he is he is he taking the foot off the gas? Um, but I, I I think he'll come good towards the, the end of the season. I think he'll have a big part to play in the the title race. Shona, do you think his relationship with Comont is good, or is yeah, it a bit of No, no, no. I think um, the two of them. I think obviously Comont's totally different to Bill. And I think Cantwell and Bill got on very, very well going for coffees and all that. So don't think Clement's that kind of type of manager that you're going to get that's going to ask you to come out for a coffee. I think he's very, very hard on Cantwell, I do. But I think all he is, he knows he's got the ability. It's just about how he applies it. And I think the, the biggest problem for Cantwell, I think, this season, he's been played out far too many different positions. He's played out in the left-hand side of midfield. He's then played out in left wing. He's come into the number 10. He's then been put out on the right. He's then been brought back into the number 10 role. And I said this before on a, on a previous podcast, all I want for Todd Campbell to do is sit in the middle of the park and he can dictate what we do going forward because that's what he's best at. And I know everybody says, oh, he's good at tracking back, he's good at off, stuff off the ball. I don't want to see Campbell off the ball because that was again during the game there. There was a three on two and it was all because of Campbell lost the ball in the middle of the park. So I think Campbell's very good when we go forward. I think when he gets that ball in the like, kind of defensive midfield area, I think he can be a bit of a problem there. I think if he loses the ball, the guys obviously then try and counter-attack. He's not the best, at, I have to admit, he's not the best at tracking back. Um, I think sometimes he can kind of throw the dummy out at times as well and um, he gets a bit frustrated with himself. So I think he just needs to learn how to do the basics, right? And I think what, what it is, is just just do the simple things and then, and as, you, as I said, try and stay in the middle of that part because as soon as he goes into those kind of defensive areas, then we lose the ability then for us to then counter-attack when we went to all, 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 all the space in the middle of the park, because that's where Campbell should be. I said it in the old firm game, Campbell should never have been marking uh, Callum McGregor throughout that match. It's not his type of game. I don't know what the man... That was the only mistake that I thought the manager made was trying to put Campbell. That's not Campbell's type of game. He's the kind of guy that gets the ball in the middle of the park and then drives forward and creates chances and assists from that way. And he's obviously very good, obviously, then getting into the box if there's a, a, as an opportunity. So... No, I think um, he's probably been a wee bit frustrated the fact he's played out on the left side of midfield. He's then had to cut back in to obviously do the number 10 role. Then he was out on the right-hand side. I think obviously the gaffer um, had put him out there and um, mentioned to him, well, you can you can shoot with your left foot if you want to cut inside. So I think um, what we just need to do is just get Cantwell back into his natural position and do what he, do what he does best. But I just don't think that he's, uh, he's just doing far too much work. He's, he's trying too hard. And when that happens, when he loses the ball in the middle of the park, I mean, it was three on two the other night. Um, I know, obviously, he was trying to track back, but it's these silly times. I'm sure Cantwell has lost it as a few t- a few times in the middle of the park. He's lost the ball a few times in the middle of the park, and it's cost us, or it's nearly cost us. So I think he just needs to be a wee bit careful that he just doesn't overdo it and just keeps it really, really simple. But 
I think the Clermont and, and, and Campbell have got a really good relationship. I just think Clermont wants to get more out of Cadwell and what he's doing. And um, look, fair play to the manager for being harsh on him because he knows that he needs to turn up for these big games. And so far, Campbell has failed to do that. He hasn't had the greatest start of the season either. So, um, no, I'm 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 all for whatever uh, the Clermont manager is telling Campbell to do. But I just think he needs to get it back to simple terms. And uh, I'm sure he'll flourish. Andrew, one thing that sort of a, a, we've seen with uh, Shona talked about set pieces there, and, and I'm going to go to the corner that caused the goal. Now, the, the boy that scored the goal was known as one of the best headers in their team. And who did we have on him but Todd Cantwell? And I'm not going to criticise Todd Cantwell at this time. What I'm going to criticise is that at corners, we just seem to be all over the place. The other a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Yilmaz. I think it was against Hearts. They had a big. Um, they put Shankland up against Red Van once or twice, and I think from set pieces. Um, yeah, we don't. Yeah, but there was up. a big left back. A big. I remember a big left back with with Rastis here with with all these weak cut over here, and I remember and and the guy was man mountain. And we had uh, we had um, Yilmaz against them. Now, at the weekend, as I said again, we had um, Todd Cantwell against probably their best header of a ball. I don't know. Is, 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 are we trying to play not man-marking, but the, this sort of a position? Um, corner kicks. Because uh, for me, your centre-half comes up against their, their, their better headers of the ball. But we said we don't seem to be doing that. We seem just seem to be putting anybody. He's your man. What do you think about that, uh, Andrew? We seem to play a mixture between man to man and zonal marking at, at corners. What I would say though, I think losing Abdalasima to Afcon is not going to help because Abdalasima wins an incredible amount of defensive headers from corners. He, he usually is the one to clear it out. Unfortunately, obviously, the one against Celtic lands at the penalty spot, which doesn't help. But a couple of games leading up to that, he'd made some really good, kind of, he being the first man coming off the post almost and, and winning the header. I think, yeah, <laughs> we've had some marking issues. Our set pieces, even going back to like the first game of the season, I can think of the, the Kelly goal. I think it was the, they had a long throw in and we, and we decided to stick Bourne on Stuart Finlay. Um, and there's a, there's a bit of a height gap there. Um, Bourne just kind of doesn't communicate well enough with the centre-backs, obviously, because I don't know if Bourne thought he's going to be offside, which he can't be from a throw in, obviously. Let's him just kind of hang about behind him. He then makes the run in the blind side, flicks it on, and we concede. We, we uh, Yeah, we've not had brilliant set pieces in terms of picking them up. That It's one thing that I think that kind of training that training camp can try and fix. Obviously, then conceding a, a similar goal isn't a good look, but I'm sure it's one that can come over time. Um, yeah, we we had some really good records with like with our defensive uh, set pieces uh, going back to kind of fifty five season. Um, it's it's one of those things. We, we uh, if we can score a couple more goals from corners, we won't be looking at how many we concede from corners. To be honest, I, I'm trying to think. We were quite poor at the corner, offensive corners, defensive corners. We've been not too bad. Obviously, it gets picked up when you concede like that. But if it's one of those things, if we can do better going forward, then 
the back end will kind of sort itself. Yeah, it's a, it's just a thing that's sort of a yeah. I'm I'm not into this zonal marking, so I I, I just don't know. And I, as I say, I think your your bigger players should get your bigger defenders. But somebody said there it was it was a, a cracking header, and it was it was a good header. But I mean, I think I I don't think he should be getting that header. But as I say, I won't blame Todd Candwell because I just Todd, it's not his it's it's not his thing doing headers. Morelos before before the um, Sima Morelos was absolutely brilliant at heading from away from the front post as well. That was one of his his strong points as well. Um, moving on, move on to the second half. The whole team changed, and then again, I'm going to have to look at you two, Buckland. Uh, I think Devine and Goldson. Then I can give you the whole, the whole rundown. Um, there you go, Andrew. Robbie Fraser for James Tav, John Lee Faco for Suter, Goldson for Balligan, Leon King for Redvan, Cole McKinnon for Sterling, Bailey Rice for John Lundstrom, uh, Jose Cifuentes for Nico Raskin, Ross McCausland for Rabbi Matondo, Scott Wright for Todd Cantwell, and Cyril Dessers for Fabio Silva. Full, full 11 switch. Yep. Um... I'm not a fan of that. First of all, I, I think well, it doesn't bring any rhythm into the play. I don't know whether it helps any. Any, it's, it's just a training exercise, really. I just don't think in the second half we had a midfield at all, and Connor Golson just seemed to keep pumping forty-yard balls out, out to the wings. I just didn't. I just didn't see any midfield showing well, going back to Andrew's point just quickly about the, the set pieces, about corners, I don't understand why we don't have somebody on the post. I think it's vital that we do have somebody on the post, but I'm sure we'll go into that in um, another pod. But no, um, look, overall, I thought 40 to 45 minutes in the second half, I think um, we were expecting. I heard, obviously, rumours um, just before it that there was going to be a totally different new 11 in the second half. I don't really understand if it was a training exercise like Clement was basically saying from the bait, obviously, during this uh, post-match interview. It was basically saying that this was more about trying to see what their fitness was like. I don't get why Butland played then. I think obviously you know what you're going to get from Butland. I would have put maybe Kieran Wright just to give him that wee bit of experience and um, see how he copes. Uh, look, I think obviously I think uh, it was Robbie Fraser that ended up playing at left back and Leon King at right back, which I'm a wee bit surprised about to see Leon King there because usually he's either played at centre back or he's played at centre midfield. Uh, sorry, defensive midfield. So. Um, no, I think um, the point was, I think um, I was going to say to, to you earlier on about the youth team, I was a wee bit disappointed that some of the guys never really took their chance. I think um, you could see the difference that McCausland has made um, when he came on. I thought he was probably the brightest spark in the, in the second half. I thought Dessers held the ball up quite well. Um, and obviously, I thought Sifuentes was getting involved as well. But no, I thought, take from it. I thought the youth guys, I don't think they really, really took their opportunity. I think you feckle in the second half um, was, was quite solid at centre-back. Um, I don't really, didn't really see much of him, really, that I thought to myself, right, OK, he's going to get himself into the first team. Robbie Fraser, I'm a massive fan of Robbie Fraser, obviously, known Robbie, but uh, no, I didn't think much of Robbie as well in the second half. I just wanted to see that wee bit extra. I thought, you've got your opportunity here. Uh, 45 minutes, I know it's only 45 minutes, but maybe really state your claim, obviously, relate to the left-back situation. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk about, but no, like with Robbie Fraser, I thought Bailey Rice was quite poor in midfield as well. I think um, you can see that what Clement said, that he really needs to work on his his stuff off off the park, and I think you can see that. 
And then I think you had the likes of, um, who else was it that came on later on? Was it Cole McKinnon? I think he came on at some point. He was on Didn't really the, see the much second half. Uh... Yeah, so they all kind of went missing for me. I think uh, what I was expecting was really maybe like the likes of Bailey Rice, maybe the likes of maybe Adam Lyle. I thought he would have definitely came on and, and maybe had something to show. But, I mean, I don't really think these guys really took their opportunity. I think you can just tell guys that these guys are slightly away ahead and all the fans have been shouting for Bailey Rice to get into that first team. And there is no doubt this boy is going to be special. But I just think there's just something they're missing at the moment. I think that's why Clement obviously gave him that 45 minutes and I don't think they did themselves any justice. Um, overall, I thought um, I thought Sifuentes and the likes of uh, McCausland, and it just shows you the difference that McCausland's had from that B team up to the, the first team and how he's really, really taken to it. And I thought he was probably our, our brightest spark. But as you said about the, the long balls, I think that was the only way to play on that pitch at the weekend. I think it was so cut up that the guys couldn't really play the ball along the ground. So I think maybe the manager probably came out and said, look, try more balls over the top. And it just didn't really work. Um, as I said, I think they had a tondo in the first half. We maybe had a few chances, but it kind of petered out. And um, these guys haven't really been playing each other. Usually, as you said, it's just a training session that they've been doing um, with the first team and, and the B team guys together. So I think it's really hard to get get that continuity for 45 minutes when you've never really played before. So, no, I think this this 90 minutes was one that I just want to forget, to be honest with you. I think I... Uh, 90 minutes, I definitely won't be getting back anytime soon. Yeah, so uh, I should have been watching the, the horse racing at the time, but I was missing the horse racing to watch the football. So pretty gutted about that with Cheltenham in a few weeks' time. But anyway, well, that's a, that's a different, different squad. But, you know, uh, as I said, I think uh, I think overall, I think it was just a, it wasn't ideal, was it, having the young boys coming on and, and not really performing in the end. So don't really know what you guys thought about the, the beating guys, but I think for me, they're a wee bit away from the first team. I think the whole midfield uh, didn't didn't perform any uh, at all. As you say, it might have been the part. But one player, Andrew, that really, really annoys me, and I must admit, is Sifuentes. I would, I would, uh, Sean, I said he, he showed his quite. I, I just don't think he showed anything. I think it was absolutely shocking for a, for a senior player amongst all the boys. And he just sort of a struts about. Um, I, I said, I said uh, on one of the websites, I, I said he looks like he looks like a model on a catwalk. The way he sort of a, just saunters about at about two mile an hour, uh, and and just I, 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 he's a type of player that just annoys the life out of me. Andrew, give give him give him some uh, build up to to being the greatest player, the, the player that we brought in that's going to make the difference. Um, it's, that's a really difficult job that you've just given me. Um, it, I, it, I think I should be applying to be his agent after this if this goes well. Um, in fact, his agent's doing pretty well. Andrew. Andrew, I know. Just back from I, I'm I'm more looking at the fact that Bill was saying this guy would take it to the next level and he get showed how to play football in the the European qualifiers. Um. I thought he, he looked like a deer in the headlights for those two games, and I, I was kind of stuck with me. The PSV boys made a, made a mockery of him. Uh, I, I would say, though, yep, you're right, he's just come back from injury, and before he got injured, he was starting to look a wee bit brighter. So I'm not I'm not going to write him off just yet. I think, it, given the fact you then put Sifuentes, Rice, and McKinnon all in the midfield three, I think that was a bit disjointed, guys, that Sifuentes barely speaks English, and you've got two 
young Scottish guys to go alongside them. Um, also be able to speak English. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> in the, the scheme, Wayne. Um, no, I, I think that was... It would have been interesting to see if that had worked, it would have been a masterstroke, but it hasn't worked, so it's kind of obvious why it hasn't. Try to get um the person who speaks the least English, they are trying to be the leader in the, in the midfield three. Um, that's quite a tough ask. Um, yeah, that, I suppose it's about getting the minutes and the legs for him because, he, as we said, he's just back from an injury. I can't remember who he picked up. I think it was international duty or something like that he picked up. Um, so fair play, he's coming back into the team. I was interested to see, obviously, Tom Lawrence and Jack, obviously, were there, but never featured, which is probably better for them who want to get injured straight away. Um, so maybe see a, a wee bit more of them, maybe if tomorrow night. don't know how far away they are from the team, but good good to see him back in there. I, I was actually quite happy to see John Leofeco back in at centre-backs. Interesting that he kind of went for the, a really young back four, except for Connor Goldson, who was going to lead that and have a wee bit of experience across each line. Um, Goldson obviously had King on his right, Yafeko, and then Fraser out on the left. I thought <laughs> there was a couple of times where Goldson made mistakes. You know, you're looking at him going, you need to be the one that's leading these these lads and you're cocking about with the ball at your feet. But, I mean... He, it, tried, he, never... tried, he tried to run the ball around the back of his, his standing leg at one, one point and then, uh, and then lost it completely. <laughs> I'll, chop, I'll chop that up as a bad pitch um, I was happy with some of his, his passes he was quite good at, it's a trademark, I think Kevin Thompson said it on the, in the live stream, it's a trade, almost a trademark on a Golden pass where he gets out his feet and makes the long diagonal ball um, we've, we've certainly seen some really good times where it's come off um, but I don't think we really looked like scoring any time in that game uh, apart from kind of long shots and edge of the box efforts and stuff it was kind of uh, weak. I don't want to see. I don't because I don't want to slaughter them because I see the game for what it is. It's just like this. It's for the legs. It's get, get the minutes in the legs. Um, these kind of games just in the back of training sessions are killers, but they're going to be useful in the long run. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's too much of a a waste. I think we'll see some more of the. We'll see, we'll see it pay off when you get into those crunch games, especially if you're going to have, end up playing games like you did during the the road to Seville with cup games and going semi-finals and, and extra times here and there possibly. So you need to have this put in the work now so you've got it in the tank for the later the later stages when it matters. So fair fair play. I'm not I'm not too I'm not angry at this kind of mid season, pre season. Interesting to see how we do against Copenhagen tomorrow because Copenhagen are I mean they got through the <laughs> Champions League group. Fair play to them. We're not playing against Mugs here, so that'll be a real good test. Yeah, sure we will. And I, I hope, I mean, we, the supporters are going to be paying money as well. I hope he doesn't turn it into another shambles like uh, like it was on Sunday and and play two different teams and, and a, a load of young boys. I, I, dis I disagree a bit. We, we didn't have a chance. Mr. Dessers had a chance about two yards from goal and done his usual swipe over the ball. Completely missed it. See, that's why I don't categorise it as a chance because the ball landed at Dessler's feet. That make, that tells you it's not a chance at all. If it's, <laughs> it's him that gets it. Um, oh, I feel for that guy. I really do. Uh, it, how many times are we going to keep saying ex-Rangers player, there is a player in there somewhere? 
I feel like I said it about Scott Wright. I said it about Sam Lammers. I said it about Dessers this season. I, I think I said it in the, just before Savantes got injured. Actually, when I think about it, um, the there is a player in there somewhere, and we just need to find it. Um, it's so frustrating because he looks. You don't you don't pull off the goal in in Seville against Betis if you don't have a bit about you. It's just keeping it consistently coming to the front instead of. I'll drop the shoulder, cut inside, and then I'll cut back to that side. What was I doing again? Oh, yeah, I need to go back to that side. I'm a striker. Why am I not kicking the ball? Cut back to that side. Oh, I've lost the ball. Um, that is, it's it's a bit frustrating, but we've seen it before. Ryan Kent and these stepovers, these legs getting tied up in knots, and then he one-fangles them, and then he puts the ball in Rose head. So it, it, it's just uh, we're continuing, continuing the kind of Kent storyline, except it's Godessers this time. So. Yeah, as what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think we'll leave the the game there. I'll, I'll just go on to what the the boss said. Uh, it's been an intense week for the players as as he gears up for the second half of the season. He was sat down with uh, Rangers TV, and he said it's been really good. It was really intense. We had a lot of tough training, so the players' legs are really full. I wanted to play them in those circumstances, really heavy legs in the game against Hertha, so that was interesting to see the players, who can cope with that and who is having more difficulty. It's been really interesting and besides all the training, there have also been individual talks. You could do every evening. It's been very good to get to know the players even better than before and to grow the story together. We haven't had a moment like that in the last few months because every three days we have had a game we want to get them to better physical level and they were before. And we are going to need that in the next couple of months to raise our game. Shona, um, as I, I, I covered this with David this afternoon as well, I don't think it's a bad thing to have personal talks with the player. I think you can get to know them inside, the inside out, really. I think that's quite a good thing. Yeah, I think uh, Clement is one of these guys. I think he's very much uh, very laid back. He shows you that very much on TV, but I don't think he would want to be on his bad side. And I do think there's a fun side of him. I think we saw that in the in the cup final when he was obviously flinging about the trophy about. So, no, I'm all for um, the manager having that kind of re- the relationship with the, the players that he knows what he wants out of them, as long as they do do exactly what he's what he's asked from them. There's no doubt they'll be in the next the next game. Um, and then as long as they perform well but I think uh, you've got to have that level I think um, the manager will want the best out of the players and then he'll know himself when it's the best time to have that that kind of fun side with with uh, the players whether that's they're going to La Manga or obviously after the cup final I think um, a couple of guys they, they went back inside to Ibrox for a while and then they were straight back up the road no drink, no alcohol straight back to training the next day and obviously had them in obviously on, on Christmas Day for a double training session so no um. I'm all for it. I, I really, really like Clement. I think he comes across really, really well. I think, as you said, I think he's kind of, he's got a wee bit of humour about him. I think his dry humour is really good. I don't know how he managed to do a post-match press conference when he obviously had news of it standing over a wall but, and behind a fence. But no, I think, uh, I don't know about you guys, but the stuff that was going on Twitter that night, I was in absolute stitches. So the man behind the wire and, and all sorts of um, three minutes before your next, uh, obviously, fives game and you're waiting to get in. Um, but no, honestly... 
I, I really honestly really do rate this manager and I think the guy the guy beside him as well, the, the assistant manager, we've obviously got Niles Cochran in, we really are going in the right direction. You obviously hear is it, J, uh, Jermaine Defoe, his podcast talking obviously about um, Philippe Clement and his style of play about how like he's, he's quite similar to like your Jose Mourinho. I think he very much knows what he wants in the players. He's obviously very, very calm and collective, but I think when you, when you don't want to go on the wrong side, just like Mourinho, I think you saw that kind of character about Mourinho. He was a really good character on the touchlines, but I think if you got on the wrong side of Mourinho, that was it. I think um, a lot of the stuff that's coming out with the transfer room is like Emmanuel Dennis, who I'm really keen on getting. Whether that's something to work on, people are talking about Emmanuel Dennis's attitude. I'm telling you now, Clement won't stand for any of that nonsense right now. He will not stand for any attitude problems within the camp. I think he very much wants it to be a very harmonic camp where everybody's enjoying themselves. Everybody's looking forward to training. And I think I saw a picture of, was it on Todd? Well, obviously I follow Todd on Instagram, don't I? So it was a picture of Todd Butland and Scott Wright um, playing golf. Um, so no, um, like at the end of the day, like uh, uh, I think he's just trying to get that, that good factor within within the team at the moment. So uh, And continue it forward. I think that's why we've been winning games. I think it was very interesting about Tav's interview as well. And then you had the likes of Jack Butland the other day um, coming on, uh, talking about the new manager and the, the new style of play. Not that I was paying much attention to what Jack Butland was saying at the time, but um, I was more paying attention to him. But no, um, I think, honestly, we are going in the right direction. I don't want to get too concerned about the, the likes of the transfer rumours that are going about. I'm sure we'll come on to that next. But I think we've just not got to really, really trust what he's doing at the moment. And uh, like I think the Shanklin deal is now, now pretty much dead in the water. So I think all of us fans have to move on from that. I think I said that to you before. I don't think he's Clement's kind of, kind of style of player. And just hopefully that the guy like Fabio Silva and whoever else comes in obviously managed to do the job. I'm sure we'll go on to talk about that next. Yeah, well, I wanted to. I'm conscious of the time, and I really want to get onto the transfer talk. So I'm con- but I want to read out this. So it was on reflected. I love it here. I love the club, the passion from the fans and the people in the building. There are a lot of young, ambitions, ambitious people still learning, but really motivated to learn and to become better. I also see the big difference from three months ago in a lot of departments. There is a huge potential at this club. And everybody is working really hard. Now that really lifts me. That um, as, as I was as I said, I was talking to David Paul this afternoon, and he said the big thing there is that he finds there's potential in the club. Now I think we all find that that this club's been um, a sleeping giant for too long, Andrew. We really need to get woken up. You know, I think so. Yeah, uh, the way I, I see it is similar to the way that. I felt went into the, the 55 season with Gerard. There was just a lot of focus on being successful. Um, there was less talk and more action. Um, just kind of, we take it a game at a time, we'll do our job, and whatever happens, happens. As long as we do our job, things that we want to happen will fall into place. Um, obviously, going back to Betis away and then the cup final, I think it was... That played out perfectly the way we would have wanted it to happen, and that doesn't happen without the hard work that goes on behind the scenes with the gaffer, all these assistant, these assistant coaches, um, and they're reaping the rewards for that. So, fair play to them. He's, he's certainly doing a good job of building up the goodwill. Um, I, I, I liked how honest he was in these kind of earlier days at the, at the club, saying, "You know, this, this is a project because of 
the kind of poor ground works that we kind of have. We're going to need to build up the bases again and and just take it game by game. I think it, it was quite to say things like we we might lose games and how from now until the winter break. Funnily enough, we've only lost one. It was the one we probably wanted to win the most, unfortunately. But I mean, we're still we're still in there. We're still in the dogfight, and you think if you wait another month, we'd be able. To, are we this close? Are we are we through in Europe? Have we do we win a cup? I don't know. I really don't think that that would have happened. So a fair play to him. Uh, I would say also that it might be a bit of criticism about the kind of pre's this this kind of training camp. It's a different kind of uh, different journeys between the two teams because Hertha had played a game already. That was our second game of this the mid season break. That was our first game of the mid season break. We're going to play Copenhagen, who I haven't played since I think it was December the twelfth or something like that. The last game they played in the Champions League was the last game they'd played, so they're quite. They'll be back where we were against Hertha, the first game since, since the start of their break. So it'll be. It's all about just kind of managing where we are uh, at, at the given moment because all, uh, Berlin played, so they, they've got the kind of more minutes in the legs. So we'd be would be expected to be carrying the game tomorrow and and see if Copenhagen can keep up the way that we tried to keep up against Berlin. So it's, it's I'm happy with it. I think we're, we're, we're managing our situation well, or as good as it can be with a lot of the unexpected injuries. Um, but, you know, it's football. I, I, I think we should uh, be looking to get a couple more names in. I think that would certainly go and help us a long way. Um, so I'm sure we'll talk about some of those names. I'm afraid I go more with the tired legs, Andrew. I don't think I, I talk professional football player can lose his fitness in, in, in what was it, a, a week and a half, two weeks. So I'll go for the tired legs one. Okay, let's move in on to transfers, uh, guys, because that's probably what everybody wants to talk about. Um, we'll start with the the left-back saga. Yilmaz to uh, Verona. Yilmaz not to Verona. Yilmaz to Verona. Um, Doig Rangers are interested in Doig. No, Doig's going to Marseille. Rangers are Rangers are not uh, have have not backed three million pound for Yilmaz. So Verona have said they're not going to sell Doig. Then so Marseille are saying we're not going to uh, to wait forever. Shona, what do you think about this left back position? Well, I think it's been a bit of a conundrum all, all transfer window, and it's not probably what us fans were actually looking for. I don't think um, any fan at the start of the transfer, this January transfer window thought that we'd be going into a left-back. Look, guys, I just think this January transfer window is a lot tougher than we actually originally thought. I think um, you can see the, 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 the swing or the, the, the two and throwing the yo-yo between the, the likes of Ridvan. You've obviously got the likes of this guy. Is it um, Eurocet that we've also been linked with? You've got Josh Doig, you've had other left backs. I think we were linked with Wagner at one point and then we're linked with um Giggy Smile. So look, I think this this one's gonna go on until the end of the transfer window. I think um, Rangers are not back a bit from is it Galatasaray for around three point four million pounds for Red Van, which is not far off what we paid for him. As far as I'm aware, Red Van does not want to go to Galatasaray, he would rather go back to Besiktas. That kind of blows that one out of the water, and I think obviously the likes of this, the deal with Doig going to um, Marseille. I think there's obviously been a bit of a stall in that one. I think that relied on 
is it Remy Lodi um, at Marseille that was going to Saudi Arabia? Is that right? That deal is about done. So look, this is all just a one big vicious circle that's going to happen. And until those bids are finalised, I don't really know what's going to happen. I think if it leaves, if they leave it far too late in the window, then I don't know who else that you could get. I think a lot of these deals at the moment. I'm um, obviously I thought there was going to be two that was going to be a mention that were they were trying to sign. I heard there are still rumours that they are trying to sign these two players. But whether that's a loan or a loan-to-buy option, I don't know. You've got the likes of Owen Beck that's now trending on Twitter going to Celtic. So whether that's another one where we've missed out an opportunity on. So whether a case of the manager does want to keep the lights out or there's a, there's an agreement in place that Bonavaris has just signed a pre-contract, we just don't know. Nobody's really given much out of the club. At the moment, we just seem to be linked with a lot of left-backs. And a lot of midfielders, there's not very many attacking options, as in like strike force, I think. The main ones I've seen is mainly wingers, midfielders and left-backs. So probably not what the fans wanted to hear. And then you've obviously got the Shankland, where it looks like Shankland's going to be signing a lucrative contract with um, with Hearts. I think it's going to be over, is it 10, between 10 and 12 grand a week? So I think that's their, their highest ever ever uh, wage. So they've broken the wage bracket for over the last 10 years for Lawrence Shankland. So... I think um, a lot of the ones that we're getting linked with at the moment, I think um, obviously there's one that's came up today that I'm, I'm pretty keen on and I quite like that midfielder that we've been linked with. But, I mean, there's quite a few players that I've, I've, I've quite, I'm quite looking forward to. Obviously, I would love to have had uh, the likes of maybe um, Bichuai here, but um, I think his wage, wage demands are far out with our budget. But I think we're working on a really, really tough January transfer window. You look at all the top big clubs in Europe, they're all doing loan deals on loan to buy. You've even got Spurs out there that are about like getting Timo Werner on a loan to buy option. There's quite a lot of these ones. I think it's been a lot tougher than I originally thought. I think we should be looking at the likes of like Nottingham Forest and maybe like the likes of Everton to see if there's any players. And obviously, look, I'm not talking about getting Nathan Patterson back, but I think maybe the likes of Emmanuel Dennis, that could be one that could be possible with the financial fair play situation. I think a lot of these clubs are absolutely shitting themselves if they get hit with financial fair play. So... Maybe that may be something to look at, but look, guys, I think we'll be lucky if we bring in one actual sign in the January transfer window, and I think the rest will be loan to buys or loan. Yeah, well, the 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 ones that have uh, you had Wagner, then you had Chase uh, Smal is a uh, is the one that that's uh, from the the Dutch leagues. Now, I watched I watched him uh, on on Saturday. They were playing AZ. And he was he was part of the the Az's goal. To be honest with you, he, he just let a player walk past him. I think he he obviously is a good player, but I honestly don't think he's going to be a game changer. I I, I obviously seen him one game. I, 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 my, my my friends have told me he's a good player. He certainly did quite a lot, and he looks more going forward than than Barisic. But Barisic, I mean, Barisic has got the best cross probably in the world, let alone, let alone, uh, so we're, we're not going to replace that, but we just hope to have to replace another one. Anyway, another guy who popped up today is David Jurasek. He is from, um, I was going to say Barcelona there, but it's not. It's um, Benfica. Uh, I, I looked, I had a look at his... Uh, YouTube films as we do. He looks quite a tidy player. Um, 
so the, a lot of the films show you a lot. Normally, you see these films and they show you the, uh, these players attacking, but there's actually quite um, quite a lot defending in his films. So I think he might be a, a, a better defender. Andrew, have you seen anything about this guy? Um, I know he was at Slavia um, before he made the move to Benfica. I wonder if he played ended up playing against us. I haven't looked it up. Um, that would have been. Maybe like the season after we played them, I can I, I just thought maybe Slavia. We, we've had the run-ins with them in the past, and not really good ones, it has to be said. Um, but I mean, it's a left-back market we really seem to be <laughs> scouting at the moment. Um, I'm happy if this is um, if this is names that Nils Coppin has has brought to the table. Um, I did say that because obviously we we made the. Announcement saying he would be starting, I think January first. Um, but I was hoping for the kind of week or two leading up to that that you would think because it seems like Clermont and Coppin are kind of close friends from previous roles that they would have been having maybe a phone calls and, and having chats about where they where they want to go before he gets his his uh, foot in the door. So I'm I'm happy there seems to be a bit of a kind of pre work done. I think it certainly was the case for Silva. Um, being brought to the club, um, so I mean, I, I, I think I've seen <laughs> Sharp put it in the comments. The YouTube highlights can make everybody look like messy. Um, I agree. So I, I think it's one we'll need to wait and see. I think we've seen Red Band's highlight reel when before he signed for us and thinking he was he was superb. Um, he just technically brilliant at the ball at his feet. Um, he's tried to do that skill move. He keeps trying to flick it around the back of himself and cutting by the he's uh, the opposite player. And it's I think it's worked once um, in the five times I've seen him try it. Um, <laughs> we just need to wait and see. Um, I, I don't know. It's I wait. It's the classic. We we'll wait for the scarf above their head um, because it could go anywhere. So many names getting chucked about, and it seems like. We wouldn't see our kind of picture clearing up, uh, clearing up until other teams' pictures clear up, and then that'll kind of give us a forecast as to where we're actually going. But time will tell, I suppose. Sure, now it seems to be a, a thing you're talking about back there going now being linked with, with with them. It seems to be a thing that we wait, 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 and then they sign for Celtic. We've had that with quite a few players now. Palma, Palma was uh, was the last version of it. And I remember the what was it? What was the, the the guy that went to Celtic that we were after from Hibs for a while? So was it Scott as well? Yeah, Scott Allen. Um, yeah, Scott Allen. Yeah, um, that seems to be a thing that that we we've 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 got. We, we keep waiting and waiting and waiting. I, I don't know whether it's. Uh, I mean, I, I think if a team name a prize, then they they might have. Uh, they might come down somewhat, but. They won't. They won't keep waiting forever for Rangers. Well, I think Celtic were more more in need of a left back than what we had. I think obviously we had Redfern and Borna. I think the problem was is that when we're waiting for that trigger button to happen on either one of them before actually moving in the transfer market. As I said before, I think it's going to be a really really difficult transfer market this year. Urasek, I've been looking at. Look, I think he's really good on the ball. He's really good at driving with the ball. The problem is is his final delivery that he needs to work on. Um, looked at some of his league, he's got two goals and seven assists. I think the, the time when he play, when we played Spartak, 
he's had really two really, really bad injuries over the last two years. He's really came onto his game this season, I think. Before that, he was linked with Barcelona and a few other teams, wasn't he? So there was quite a few good teams that were, were linked with him in the past. But uh, look, I think this guy is probably going to guy that it's probably like a Redvan, but I think he's probably a bit more skillful than Redvan. And obviously, he's taller and a bit more, more better, uh, he's better in the air with his, his aerial duels. But uh, look, I don't think we should be really looking at a left back at the moment until anything happens between Bonner and Redvan. I think we should really be looking at the midfield and attack and obviously the right wing for me. So... Um, no, I, th- I just think, to be honest with you, David, I think Rangers and Celtic are always going to link with pretty much the similar players, especially if they're in our league or they've played in our league before. I think you're automatically, if you're doing well at your football club, it's like a Shanklin. Shanklin was getting linked with Celtic. You've got Miofsky that was getting linked there. You had Scott McKenna. So all these guys are always going to get linked between Rangers and Celtic. And if they see if they want to go over to Celtic, then fuck off and see you later and goodbye. I'm not really that interested. I'd rather get, have guys that really want to play for my football club and want to wear that shirt. So, um, no, if Owen Beck feels like he's going to get a game I get ahead of, is it, who is it there? Is it Greg Taylor or who's the other guy? Taylor or Burnaby. Burnaby, and there's another guy, isn't there, as well? So, look, um, if they really want to bring in them, then what does that mean? Is he going to get a start ahead of Taylor? I don't think so. I think, I know that I think that Taylor's any good, but can I see Owen Beck taking Taylor's place? Probably not. It depends what the, obviously, the manager wants. But, um, look, we don't really want to be talking about them. But, yeah, no, I think a lot of these, transfers that do come up. I think we had the guy that used to be obviously one of the, the scouts over there at the other side of the city and he came over to us. So there's probably going to be similarities that we're probably using the same sort of like kind of budget, the same sort of kind of players that we're looking at. Um and then obviously it depends on obviously who's going to offer the most money and that's why Scott Allen made that massive mistake and going to Celtic for the more money and then look at his career now. So um, he made that good pass against us to be fair. I think everyone seems to always remember that uh, I don't know what you think, Andrew, but I just think that the, the January transfer window is all about, and this is not just for Rangers, I think every team across Europe are just waiting for that trigger button. If somebody comes in for one of their players, then they'll consider maybe going for another player and they'll have their options open. But until that happens, I just don't think that we'd be going out to buy a left-back until anything happens with Ridvan and they... I think if it gets too late in the transfer window, Rangers won't, won't do the deal. So I think what Rangers need to do is try and get away from the left-back situation in the transfer window and maybe look at, obviously, these players up front and these attacking options. And hopefully that's what Niles Cochran is doing at the moment, maybe trying to pull one out of the bag. But, I mean, we do only have, what, two and a bit weeks to go before the transfer window closes. And I think a lot of uh, Rangers fans out there are getting a wee bit frustrated, um, obviously, hearing today about the Shanklin news. But um, obviously there's talks today about Nisbet. I wonder if Andrew wants to come on to that. But um, look, guys, I, I just think that this this January transfer window with the FFP regulations and all the clubs around Europe doing all these loan-to-buy deals, I think that's that's the direction that we'll be going, unfortunately. Yeah, well, uh, I, I could have heard the, the Nisbet one this afternoon. Now, whether it's uh, whether I don't know the source. The, the source is uh, seemingly... Um, my my uncle knows somebody else's uncle and he knows the agent that type of thing so i don't know whether the source is, is that good um but it is a player that that i would be quite happy i, I, I to be honest with you, i would prefer him to um warren and shankland but as uh we, we talked to shona earlier the big thing with him he is Pretty had very serious injuries, and that would probably be a, 
a, a sort of a red flag for me, Andrew. Uh, again, it's a play we missed the boat on. Um, uh, it's frustrating if we if we now a year down the line think, oh no, he is good enough for Rangers. Then why didn't we make the move when he was at Hibs? You know, made the move when he was at Hibs during the fifty-five season. He scored something like two or three goals in three games against Celtic. Um, Shanklin's been doing that this year, and now if we're thinking we like Shanklin, why didn't we not like Nisbet during that season? Um, yeah, it's frustrating missing the boat in these players and going down south and being the second team they sign with um, instead of the yeah the one that beats us. Um, Beats us to the punch, and then we, we realise we made a mistake, um, which is it's frustrating. I, 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 I think to be to be perfectly honest, I, I'm still in the Shanklin camp. Um, I think Nisbet to find out the grass isn't always greener um, down south. And I mean, the night the money might be nice, but he's certainly not having as much impact as I would say. Has he been in anywhere near the Scotland team? I know he's been injured, but I don't know if he's been. I think Shanklin's made a kind of resurgence into the Scotland team. We scored in the last game, did they not? Um, I think we should have we should have went hell for leather and tried to get Shanklin tied up. If we're gonna if we are gonna lose him, um, I think we'll we'll regret it unless if we don't sign a, a striker in this window. Um, with Danilo being out, Dessa's being our only striking option. Silva can being a striker we brought in, but can also play left, which we might need to do with Sima being out for Afcon. Uh, assuming they go all the way because they are the reigning champs, Senegal. Um, so I don't think we're we're, we're covered enough up top, um, and that's especially frustrating given the fact we did bring in a, a player to go up top, and he's he's been forced to fill a gap. Um, I think Shanklin, we should have really, we should have really, really put the pressure on. If, if, if I don't know if he is signing that deal, it's obviously it's a nice contract, um, but um, that's. That's what I was going to say. Shona said it's a, a dead duck, but he's not signed a contract yet. So no, I, everything, think it, I think a good I example think, again was Scott Allen because there was a lot of talk saying that that was done for us. And then it was almost like done for Celtic. He signed us him with the jersey. Um, I mean, I, I'm not giving up on it. But to be fair, I'm still not giving up on Joey Veerman and Jamie Walker from about four years ago signing in the last day of the January window. So, I mean... <laughs> It will come down to the wire, knowing Rangers. So, I mean, we'll wait and see. Um, it is frustrating, but it, it's been a tale. I think Stephen in the comments said, "Um, it's kind of frustrating to constantly miss the Scottish players." Doig is annoying. Um, that we're now looking at Doig when we should have been looking at him three years ago. Nesbit, Nesbit has been annoying because we could have looked at him two years ago. Um, somebody needs to just compile the list and go. Here's your Scottish lads. Here, here's what they're doing. And if it, if it really comes down to it, look what they do against Celtic. Shanklin scored goals against Celtic this season. Nesbitt scored goals against Celtic um, in the 55 season. He scored a couple of goals. He scored against us, Kevin, in this, but <laughs> Shanklin scored against us. Um, so he can't he have the, the, oh, they're not good enough to play for us when they're putting goals by you. Uh, I think that's just a wee bit of a pain in the arse that we're, we're, we overlook these guys. Um, but We'll see how it plays out. I'm not giving up hope on Shanklin, so I'm fingers crossed that we'll make it work. I know it's water under the bridge now, but um, I'm afraid Joey Fairman is probably going to be moving <laughs> on. 
to one of the big teams. Uh, in How many Europe. millions is that? Probably, probably I, I, it'll be well up in the high, the high millions. Put it it's that way. Probably uh, so frustrating. And we we, so knocked, we knocked it back for seven million. Mm. Yeah, that's just. Well, I mean, if you've not got it, you've not got it. To be honest, but let's be fair. But um, that was one we, we were banking have. on the Champions League that season. It was so frustrating. You could see it coming a mile away. That it was. We're gonna we're gonna sign him. We're gonna sign him. Well, let's just get by Malmo. I think it was. Yeah, uh, that's right. the Champions League qualifier, and they sank us, and it just kind of petered out, and we lost them. But ah, uh, oh, well. Yeah, we're all on about PSV uh, this this season that they wouldn't do anything in Europe, but they're doing well in Europe. Yeah, and uh, they they've won seventeen, mm-hmm. seventeen of their last seventeen games, and they're going for their their own record. They had the original record in the Eredivisie. They're going for eighteen. Uh, games uh, the, the next coming game so they're doing something right um, <laughs> anyway um, any, you, if you get any there's one name I've still got the, for the, the midfield no, I've still got a, a, a couple of names Marco Bulat showing a seemingly a, a central midfielder uh, I'll let you bring us up in that one this guy is a guy that we've probably been missing in the middle of the park. Just looking at his stats, looking at obviously, I know guys are obviously looking at videos on YouTube and Twitter and whatnot, but he's the kind of guy that gets the ball ticking in midfield. He loves to score from outside the box, loves, he's a free kick specialist as well. I don't know how Tav is going to feel about that when he obviously when he, when he wants to take a free kick, but I do think we need to be a bit more uh, varied in what we're doing. Obviously, I know that Tav is very good at free kicks, but maybe this guy will offer us something a wee bit different. He's very, very direct, very good on the ball. I think I look today's passing passing accuracy is 86%. His long passing accuracy is 83%. He's created 15 chances this season. He's had five goals and two assists. Um, and as I said, um, he's very good at um, shooting from outside the box. And obviously, he's got that shooting accuracy. So um, look, these, this, I'm talking really, really good goals from outside the box as well. Um, he's the kind of guy that reminds me, you know how they obviously we had far, far too many defensive midfielders or we've got not the guy that kind of can create something. He's, he's probably a bit like Todd Campbell, but in that kind of centre mid role, he's very, very good on the ball. But he's obviously very good at picking a pass and he's very good at scoring from outside the box. So I think he just offers something a wee bit different, just not as attacking wise is what Todd Campbell would be. So he would probably obviously sit there, whether it's the kind of guy that I think we should be looking at, definitely, I think. Roughly, it's going to cost us about £5 million to get this guy. I think he would be the type of guy that I would have. Then you've got your Lundstrom, you've got your Raskin, and you've got your Sterling, the guys that could play in that kind of the middle of the kind of defensive role. Um, and obviously, maybe play Raskin and this guy maybe further forward. So, um, no, I'm really, really keen on him. He's only 22 years of, of age as well. So, he's still young enough that we can develop and we can sell on. I think that's that's something we've got to be looking at. But just going back to the Shanklin one, I I really would love to have Shanklin, but I just think it's getting far too late in the transfer window now that I can't see Hart selling him and having somebody there to bring in unless they're going to bring in somebody like that guy Van Veen. Um, but I think the reason why, I think they'll probably put um, a little bit of pressure on on Shanklin to sign this contract within the next maybe a week or so. So um, look, it would be up to Shanklin or Rangers to put in a bid in the next week. But I just... I've just not really seen any really rumours around Hearts going for any kind of attackers. As if they were to replace Shankland, who would that person that person be? So I think um, we, we would have to offer them above £5 million now. I think it's got to be between 4 and £5 million to get Shankland in. 
And I just can't see us spending that type of money in this January transfer window. And maybe we'd have thought about that at the very, very start. I thought maybe two and a half, three million pounds would get Shankland. I just don't see us spending that kind of money on uh, on Shankland if they're looking for five million quid. I think it could be better spent on this Marco Bula and maybe another person up front. So it depends what the Rangers fans want. I do think that Shankland would score goals for us. I just don't think he's the type of player that Clement wants. But everyone's entitled to their opinion and everyone's going to think I'm off my head that this guy scores goals for fun in Scotland. I just don't think um, when it comes to maybe the type of style that Clement plays, when we come up against a really, really tight defence, somebody with a low block, how's Shankland going to deal with that? And everybody says, well, he scored against Rangers, he scored against Celtic. Look, guys, it's totally different when you play for Glasgow Rangers and you put that shot on. I know he's a really, I know he's a fan. I'm not doubting his ability and I'm not doubting the fact that we give 100%. I just don't think it's a type of striker that Clement fancies. I think the amount of guys that we've been looking at at the moment that are all six foot tall, like I said to you, we need to get better at set pieces and corners. I know that Shankland's good, obviously, when he scored the header against us, but he's not really prolific in the air. And I think Clement's looking for somebody that's a bit more prolific in the air. I think you get that with the likes of, uh, likes of Seema. And I think you'll probably want that from maybe the likes of Fabio Silva um, and maybe the likes of Dessert if he comes on to a better, better uh, game to, um, or better half of the season. So, um, But no, as I said, this Marco Bula, I really like the look, like, like the look of. So if you kind of go onto um, YouTube or whatever, Twitter, I think that's the kind of space that you're looking at to look, look at these type of guys. He's, he's very, very good. And I think he's the kind of type of guy that we're missing in midfield. Yeah, well, I watched his YouTube film as well, and as, as uh, somebody said, uh, YouTube films make everybody can make everybody look like Messi. Um, the the big one that, that I can remember was Sable when we bought Sable. He 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 looked absolutely brilliant when he, on his YouTube films, but when he came, he, he certainly tried his best, but uh, but I'm afraid he just wasn't up to the, the the standard that Rangers were looking for at that time. Um, Andrew, I'll come to you. A name I think I think you said you'd heard them. Um, Luca Langoni seems to be. This was a new one on me today. Um, have you got anything about him? Oh, I, I I just know him from Boca Juniors. Um, I like to keep an eye on Boca. Um, it's one of those kind of teams that are similar to us, and that the, their big derby is is exactly what they need to win every season. Um, with River Plate, um, certainly seems like a, a decent, talented uh, young guy. I mean, it's just he falls into the the player trading model. Would be something that we're trying to buy now and sell on. Um, get him, give give him a pathway to the prem. Um, I, I think it certainly would be a decent move. I, I, I haven't seen anything price wise or contracts, but um, it's a name that I kind of remember seeing and glancing at looking at some of some of their stuff. Um, for Boca, um, fair play. I mean, if, if it's if it's something we're looking at, then I think we should pursue it. Certainly seems to be, if I can remember, he's rapid. Um, so I mean, I'd be a, a bit of pace, but at the same time, I mean, Matondo with the the speed record in the Bundesliga for Schalke, and that's not exactly been the 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 best move that we've made, but. Um, I mean, it's it's it certainly is the areas we should be looking at in terms of uh, certainly well, certainly the style of player we should be looking at. Um, Twenty-one year old, um, and a kind of really good kind of team, you know, a good academy there. Um, so I mean, they know the expectations that they want, so they'll be kind of similar to us in terms of winning, um, having that hunger and desire to be winners at the end of the season. So, I mean, if that if that's something we're looking at, then by all means, I'm back. I'll back it. 
this uh, Niels Coppin's name jumps out at me at that 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 sort of a sign. I think that's I, I think this is one that he's sort of brought in because uh, that PSV are right into that area, and I think and hopefully that's an area that we can we can get into in the future. Um, I'll I'll bring in one for myself now because I watched million man uh, hoof at the at the the weekend. Manhoof, yeah. Um, he, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how to say it, right? Uh, Shona in Dutch. Uh, <laughs> um, is Manhoof. Um, he was actually playing. Vitesse were playing against Utrecht, including Mister Lammers. So it was, uh, it was quite a, quite a good. Vitesse were absolutely hopeless in the first half, and he hardly got a kick of the ball. To be honest with you, he, he did try, but. Um, he, he wasn't very good, but that wasn't his fault. Vitesse were just terrible as a team. Second half was better. Lammers had his uh, two shots, three, three shots, one past the post left, one past the post right, and one the keeper made a good save. And he had his fall on his backside moment where he, where he put his feet into these positions. He sort of know where he has himself, and then he falls on his backside. The second half, of Tesla came in and man who uh, get more into the game had a, a, a few nice through balls. Didn't see an awful lot of them. It was a game. It was a nil-nil game, um, and it was uh, sort of a yeah. One team was was the first half. One team. Lammers got quite a lot of criticism from the from his manager at the end of the game um, that he didn't stay in his position. He was all over the party except where he should have been uh, in in the strikers' role. So he got that, and at the end up, he missed a he, he missed a chance because he, he was sitting waiting for the ball instead of going to the ball. And his manager commented on that when he was standing next to him, he said, "If that was me, I would have been going to the ball and I would have put it in the back of the net." He says, "But Mister Lambers decided to wait and watch." So that was the criticism of that game. But man, who if I'm putting him up against Sima, I would buy Sima every day of the week. So. Another one I'm going to give you, Shona. I think you had already sort of looked up in it. I'll add it to the stage at the moment. Victor Djukanovic. Uh, what do you know about him? Well, just going back to your uh, manhole, um, well, I've got a wee stat for you. So in that game, I know a lot of fans were coming out and saying he was quite poor. I think Lammers is playing as the number nine, um, and I think a lot of the Utrecht fans were actually quite impressed with him. But for manhole, they created... Four chances, which is the most in the match. He had two on target. He was the most foul player in the game, and he won the most duels than any other player. So even though you're saying the other that you went on pace, those stats prove that that's the kind of stuff that we've been looking at. So whether he didn't have the best of games, those stats were obviously pretty good for a guy that didn't have a great game. So, but no, going on to this guy at the moment. This is a guy that's from is it Hammerby, the 19 year old that's not been playing much. That's uh, obviously yeah. had a few cracking goals, likes to score from outside the box. Yeah, I think um, he can, he's a left winger, but he can also play out in the right. So he's obviously quite versatile, very, very fast, very good on the ball. And he's probably going to cost us about between three and four million pounds. Yeah, there you go. There's the current market value there of him, about three, well, it says three million euros. So, um, no, yeah, I really like the look of this boy. But I think, to be honest, I think the, the age thing really gets to me. I think the guy, the fact that he's 19, he's already had caps for the under 21 for Montenegro. And uh, obviously been in the national team at the age of 19. So they must obviously think he's quite a, quite a high prospect. And I think this is the type of guys 
that we need to be really looking at. It's something that's maybe worth three or four million pounds, but only 19 years of age. It might be a wee bit of a gamble, but um, I think if you can get what I've seen out of, out of him so far, I think um, he's been quite impressive with some of the stuff that I've seen. So uh, for a 19-year-old, so you know, I'm, I'm I'm quite impressed with this boy. Um, but whether he he probably fits our player trading model, whether he's the type of guy that we really need in just now, do we really need a project player in in January? I'm not too sure. I think we need somebody that's going to hit the ground running. Um, this might be one for more the, the kind of January transfer. Whether we can do a loan to buy option, I'm all for that. Definitely an loan to buy. But um, I think to be honest, I think if we're going to be looking at a three four million pound player for this guy, we really need to start looking at the guys that we've already got within the club and try and get them off the off the wage budget and. Uh, Try and get like likes rid of uh, the likes of Scott Wright and maybe a few others like um, maybe Matondo if he doesn't have a great season. Um, and then there's obviously a few others in there as well. So um, don't even know what's going to happen with Lovelace. That's another one that's due back at the end of January. So look, I think um, if I was if I was uh, the guy Neil's copping at the moment, I'd be doing everything. We have missed out on the likes of Malik Tillman, Joey Beerman. We're going to be we do not want to miss out on Abdulassima. And if we can come up with that cash for eight million quid. Um, even if it's six million or five, six million up front in the rest and in instalments or whatever, I'd be hammering down Niles Coppin to stop talking about all these transfer windows, uh, transfers at the moment that are rumours that are going about and try and get Steamer down on a permanent contract. That's what I've been trying to do in this January transfer when I think it's imperative. If he goes on to have a good African Cup of Nations, guys, his, his, his value is just going to go up and up and up. So, um, like, I hope there's something that's going on in the background with that. And obviously looking at possibly a right winger. Um, but there's just so many out there at the moment. I'm just getting so confused with all these transfer rumours because it's not the ones that I've been hearing in the background and all these ones are popping up. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the next 14 days hold for us. But it's getting pretty tight in the transfer window, guys. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just going to round up and say, look, guys, I think this has been a lot a lot tougher transfer window in January than I think probably the manager and Niles Copper and the board thought. And I think you've seen that right across Europe. Yeah, just you—you you mentioned um, Lovelace there. I—I I, I was reading that Lovelace isn't happy at the club and that he's wanting away. If any of you have been hearing the red thing like that, no, I—I heard that he was. I heard—I heard that he was. I was reading it on on Follow Follow. I think it was that he, that he was yeah, unhappy. With players like Alex Lowry, I know everybody's saying Alex Lowry, there's something in there. Guys, Alex Lowry has now played under nearly four or five different managers and they still don't fancy him. It's the same with Hadji. Hadji's having an awful season out in Alves. He's really, really struggling with his confidence. He's not having a good season. And I know everybody says Hadji will make the difference if we had Hadji back. We need to start getting rid of these players. If we can get good money for Hadji, we can get decent money for maybe the likes of Alex Lowry and a few others. We need to start trading in these players and start getting a higher chance. And that's the reason why in January, that's why we don't have the money to spend. I don't think we've got as much money as what people are making out to spend in this January transfer window. And I think it's been a really, really tough January. I think everything's very much inflated in, the, in this window as well. So even the likes of Shankland, I would love to have Shankland for two, three million pounds. They want five. There's no way Rangers are going to be paying five million pounds for Lion Shankland. No chance. Yeah, no, it was just to go back to... Um... To go back to Lovelace, so it just disappointed me that uh, seemingly that he's he's not happy with the uh, with the way that the the B team don't have a, a, a league to play in, and he he obviously feels that uh, that that's sort of a hit stopping him. Although I don't understand 
why at this moment because he looked as if he was going to break through into the first team. But anyway, that's uh, that's by the way. I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm is it, well, he's, he's supposed to come back January as well, is he not? Yeah. I think that was... Uh, the, the, yeah, I think, I think he's supposed to be... Once i seen somebody saying that Daniolio was going to come back in January. Well, I think the manager's already said that he's probably not we're not going to see him this, this season again. Um, certainly be the end of April if, if he does come back. So I don't think we'll be seeing Daniolio. Um, I'm going to sort of uh, try and finish up at the moment. We're on to one minute, one hour, 23 minutes. Uh, Shona, is it, have we missed anything? Anything you want to bring in? Uh, no, I just think that, um, like I said, I just round it up. I think this January transfer window has been a lot tougher than what we originally thought. And I'm just hoping that we can bring in an attacker and maybe somebody for the likes of midfield and, um, or, or the likes of right wing. But I definitely don't think we should be looking at any left backs unless something happens um, within the next 14 days. So we shall see. Okay, Andrew? And no, uh, nothing, nothing spectacular. Just um, obviously to the the listeners, um, keep an eye on the page tomorrow um, for Copenhagen. I will get you get you up to date as we can in terms of the team sheet coming out, giving your kind of thoughts pre-game, half-time, post-game, get manager's comments. So keep an eye on the page, and you'll you'll get to be able to see all that tomorrow. So yeah, just buzzing for that. Yeah, that's that's all for me tonight. <laughs> Past my bedtime. I've got work in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a it's been a quite late one to, tonight. Anyway, I, I think I'll just round up. Thanks for coming on, Andrew. Thanks for coming on, Shona. And we will be back with a podcast on Thursday, uh, I, I believe. So um, look out for that. And tomorrow will be the daily news for our members. If you just pay one pound a month you will get a, a, show, a daily news show every day. So thanks for looking in and thanks for, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you on Thursday. Bye for now. We are the people.